Delisted the Podcast again. I'm Michael K. And I'm Allison. And did you fall? Uh, Are you no, okay? Did I, you fall? Do you need to hit your life alert? No, I uh, I actually just, that sound was me hitting the several cardboard boxes that I have my microphone perched onto. Because we're really high tech here at Delisted really Podcast. Really professional. Yep. Yeah. Serious XM who. They yeah. wish they had a setup like ours. Howard Stern what? Yeah. So we have a lot to get to. So much has yeah. happened between last episode and now my one brain cell can't handle it so yeah i was gonna get... say i was gonna say happy almost valentine's day and then i'm like you know what we don't even have time to talk about valentine's day there's too much that happened in the news well we'll talk about it a little bit okay we'll talk about it a little bit at the end of uh, in our last story yes. so b- so but let's start with a story that truly kicked off black history month in the right way I'm talking about Liam Neeson. Yes. I can hear everyone groaning because they've probably heard this mess. But, they already know um, it's coming. Liam is promoting Cold Pursuit, yet another movie where, you know, he seeks revenge on those who have, you know, destroyed his children. Or yeah. whatever. This, this time is a snowplow driver, I believe. It takes place in the cold. That's why yeah. it's called Cold Pursuit, I guess. Oh, yeah. He's going after... No, he plays a snowplow driver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's anyway. a... Star- He's he's plowing in the cold and also he needs that snow plow to clear this mess that he made. But he did an interview with the Independent and was asked about where he pulls the feeling of revenge from for these roles. So Liam then told a story that probably shouldn't be told during an interview, but he told it anyway. (laughs) So most of you have heard it, so I'll try to. Keep it quick. So about 40 years ago, when Liam was in his 20s, he returned to his homeland of Ireland after being overseas, and he learned that a close friend had been brutally raped. Uh, His first instinct was to ask her if she knew her rapist. She said no. He then asked her what color he was. Um, She said he was a black man. So for about five nights, he said Liam took a kosh, which is slang for hard stick, and I'm not talking about his dick. No. We've all seen that gif. And yes, I said gif. And if you haven't seen it, look it up. It can do some damage. So he took Akash into black neighborhoods. I went up and down areas with Akash, hoping I'd be uh, approached by somebody. I'm ashamed to say that. And I did it for maybe a week hoping some black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something, you know, so that I could kill him. Oof. Michael, I this story, this story started out with me wearing a turtleneck, and now it's a V-neck from me stretching the collar of it so much, being like, <laughs> ooh. That's probably what the interviewer did. So yeah. nobody was hurt. Liam didn't kill anybody, said that... He knows his feelings were awful, but that's what revenge does to you. Um, So he went on Good Morning America, and Robin Roberts brought up the backlash to his crazy racist revenge fantasy. He said he's not racist, and that if the rapist was Lithuanian, he'd kill a random Lithuanian man. And it really shocked me, this primal urge I had. It shocked me, and it hurt me. I did seek help. Uh, I went to a priest, I heard my confession, I was reared a Catholic. I had two very, very good friends that I talked to. And, and believe it or not, 
power walking. Power walking. Yeah, two hours every day. You could to, to get rid of this. And I'm, I'm not racist. I, 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 uh, this was nearly 40 years ago, but because I was brought up, and maybe I'm rabbiting on, Rob, so forgive no, no, me. No. I was brought up in the north of Ireland and, and brought up in the Troubles, the 60s, 70s, and early 80s. Power walking cures racist thoughts, I guess. Like, get every Virginian politician making Kelly on a treadmill. Get yeah. them on a treadmill right now. So because of the backlash, the red carpet for Cold Pursuit was canceled. Yeah. And here obviously. we are. Yeah. Um, also, I love that Liam Neeson keeps also, this is such an aside, but when I used to watch uh, live with Regis and Kelly, mm-hmm. um, he- Was it Regis then? Yeah, it was Regis. <laughs> I love Regis. So Regis was obsessed with saying Liam Neeson's name. Like he would always go, say it like him. He'd always go, Liam Neeson. He was like obsessed with it. That sounds like he's having a stroke. Well, I mean, Regis was like, what, 79? Yeah. 179, maybe. So whenever I think of Liam Neeson, I always think of Regis Philbin saying Liam Neeson. But, and that's the only silver lining to this story. Like the story is horrible. Like if you were interviewing him, that's all you would have said over and over again. Liam Neeson. Yeah. And I, I would have just shut it. off my brain the second he started like talk like telling the story, I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to my happy place, which is Regis Philbin saying the name Liam Neeson over and over again. But like so Liam said his friend has since died, so she's not here to answer my question, which would be like, did Liam ever ask her if she's cool with him going out and you know, killing some random black man yeah, to avenge her. Yeah, or <laughs> like, was she? W- yeah, was she like, "Do you want to come over and watch EastEnders tonight?" He's like, "No, sorry, I'm busy. I got to go out to uh, revenge power walk the streets." She's like, "Hmm, I wonder why." <laughs> Actually, I think he did say that. I think he said something like, "She asked him like what he's doing," and he said, "You know, just going out." I guess because you you don't admit like oh I'm just going out to kill a random black man I'm going out to commit a hate crime yeah <laughs> yeah oh I'll be I'll be right back after my hate crime um also I love how Liam Neeson Liam Neeson keeps saying like oh I'm not a racist it's like yeah but it's like super super racist to be like I'm not gonna go find her rapist I'm just gonna go find some random person who marginally matches her. the description <laughs> yeah like some so some are saying like oh. You know, he's so brave for sharing this story. Like, is he? Yeah, I would know. That's that's a, that's a story you don't tell people. Well, do some people have therapist. these thoughts? Like, some people have these thoughts. Yes, obviously. Does yeah. racism still exist? Duh. Yeah. Like, do, do we need conversations about it? Yes. But I'm not sure, like, if an interview to push, whore out some stupid movie is the place to do it. Like, you should have a deep conversation with experts like you and I are having because we're obviously experts in race and I'm not talking about drag race yeah I don't know why he didn't call into this podcast but whatever that's a conversation for another time I guess that's next time so he is getting people are defending him including Michelle Rodriguez so he and he really should have just asked Michelle to respond to the backlash for him because she really gave a serious hot take yeah hire hire Michi as your uh PR person she, Michelle, was in Widows with Liam Neeson and Viola Davis. And Vanity Fair asked her about this Liam mess. And, well, prepared to get something fireproof because the stupidity of her answer burns. So she said, 
It's all fucking bullshit. Liam Neeson is not a racist. Dude, have you watched Widows? His tongue was so far down Viola Davis's throat. You can't call him a racist ever. Racists don't make out with the race that they hate, especially in the way he does with his tongue so deep down her throat. I don't care how good of an actor you are. It's all bullshit. Ignore it. He's not a racist. He's a loving man. It's all lies. Like, what did Viola Davis do to deserve to be dragged into this? I know, Viola. The way she describes him, his throat, like, going down, his his tongue going down her throat, like, Mishi was feeling something. I know. Also, whenever people describe, like, making out like that, like, oh, his tongue was down her throat, it just reminds me of, like, old Seventeen magazines, like, the trauma-rama section where it's like, I played seven minutes in heaven with this guy and he stuck his tongue down my throat. And then, our, like, then the parents came into the basement, and the party was over. It was just gross, like yeah. the way the way she explained it. But it, you know, but if she doesn't already have her PhD in race spotting, she earned it with that because she just solved how how you spot a racist. Oh, for sure. And I look forward to seeing many a racist use that uh, excuse in the future, being like, "Hey, look!" Instead of being like, "I can't be racist. I have a black friend." It's like, "I can't be racist." One time I was uh, on a movie set and I made I out with someone paid. and getting paid and I made out with them. I stuck my tongue down their throat. Okay. I can't be racist. And I did it with passion. I did it with a lot of passion, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Michelle, she, I mean, she always delivers. She should really, she should really like donate her brain to science when she passes away so they can find out how it's possible for her brain to constantly produce shit like that because she always does. Yeah. So I would say if I had to do a transition from that story to the next, I would say we're going to go from one uh, very cringy story to a semi cringy uh, magazine cover. <laughs> and by semi cringy, it was cringy? Uh, it was just a little like, ugh. It's like I didn't want to see it. <laughs> it wasn't that cringy. It was just what, of course, what we're talking about is the next biggest story of the day, which is Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin Bieber. On the cover of this yeah, month's Yeah, I can't call her Vogue. Haley Bieber. It's like, girl, you're a Baldwin. Yeah, you're she's Haley Baldwin. She's Baldwin through and through. So, and would you rather be a Baldwin or a Bieber? Like, that's like, you know, I, that's a Sophie's choice. I don't want to make. Oh, that's the devil's Sophie's choice. <laughs> Speaking of the devil, so this magazine obviously is like, you know, the waiting room in hell has another magazine to add to the pile. Um, it's Justin and Haley Bieber's first big magazine cover uh, ever since they got married and um Haley's on the cover showing off her like giant wedding ring um and she's and in he's kind showing of... off his topless body which I don't uh, to quote Valerie Cherish I don't need to see that <laughs> that's what that quote was made for um so of course Justin talks on the inside about their relationship and their marriage it's not just Justin posing with his shirt off um but so mostly mostly yeah uh plug your nose there's some real christian mingle douche fumes that come off of it so justin talks about kind of like how he um how he's like he's super into god which we all know like he was with uh the church hillsong and his former bff pastor carl lentz he's not with them anymore he's now with the city church um well that's kind of an offshoot because yeah the what's the pastor judah smith judah smith he is yeah a hillsong pastor Right. But he's like, um, yeah, he's into that. Yeah. He's he like his Haley best friend. Yeah. So he's super deep with Jesus now. Um, and he says that, so like, obviously, you know, Justin Bieber used to be like a major pain in the ass. He was like such a little delinquent and he's not anymore. 
So he tells Vogue that he drinks a little bit, but not that much. He doesn't do drugs anymore. Um, Haley has apparently never done drugs, uh, which with a dad like Stephen Baldwin. Oh, I'd be on c- all the drugs. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I say this is a fan of Biodome, too. So take, uh, take You this. should be on all the drugs for admitting that. You are all on the drugs for admitting that. I am. I, I love I Remind love me to Biodome. drug test you. Yeah, I love Biodome. Anyway, <laughs> could talk about it for years. So um, he also, Justin says that he went on a hiatus from sex as well. So again, this is so gross. Even just the mental image makes me feel sick. So Justin Bieber used to fuck all the time, apparently. Yeah, he said he like had an addiction. Yeah, yikes. And then he obviously got right with God and he stopped having sex all the time. And the way he describes it, he says... Um, sometimes people have sex because they don't feel good enough because they lack self-worth. Women do that and guys do that. I wanted to rededicate myself to God in a way because I really felt it was better for the condition of my soul. And I believe that God blessed me with Haley as a result. There are perks. You get rewarded for good behavior. So God applied. I'd ask for the return. I'd ask for the the gift receipt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So God applied conditioner to his soul and now he's, you know, he's, uh, He's a husband. He's really uh, into church. Him and uh, he says him and Haley, they've been married for six months now. Um, He says that they're in couples counseling because marriage is hard, which, yeah, I mean. But they've been married for like six months. Yeah. Also, being married to a born again Justin Bieber sounds exactly like the reason you would try drugs for the first time. So I get I get going to uh, couples counseling that early on. But Um, it's like, well, what I got from is like. At least, yes, he's into God, and yes, yeah. maybe a cult. So I've read. Yeah, but that's better. You know, that's better than him. You know, pissing in janitor buckets and throwing eggs. Yeah, at it's his neighbor's house. It's true. So, what would you rather be honest though? For, I would say, from a news standpoint, like an interesting standpoint, what would you rather have? The Justin Bieber that was um, giving like shitty brat depositions, or the like self righteous. Um, Christian cult, uh, Justin Bieber. Both, because both, you know, give some fuckery. Yeah, you know, it's like that little... It's a new chapter for him. Yeah, it's like that old El Paso girl. It's like, why not both? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Why not both? Yeah. So let me... So, you know, Haley says, like you said, marriage is hard. Yeah. Which were all the cynical bitches like us are thinking, well, in another three months, you don't have to worry about that because you're probably going to be divorced. Yeah. But do you think... Do you really think that? Do you cuz most think that they're not going to last. Do you think they're not going to last? No, I don't think they're going to. Really? Or or you know what they might be? They might be that type of couple that like does not get along and should get divorced, but they stick it out forever and they're like in couples counseling like twice a day because they're like no, God told us to stick it out and like they just hate each other and they like sleep in different rooms of their house and they like communicate solely through texting. And maybe yeah, I don't maybe. know. But see, so when I read the Vogue article, I got a major Heidi Montag and Spencer Pratt vibe from them because it's like this vapidness mm-hmm. mixed with spirituality. Yeah. And everyone thought Heidi and Spencer would be like on their fourth or fifth spouse by now. And they're still married. I would, so. I'd argue that they're like in love too. Like I follow them on Instagram and they like really love each other. Well, crazy loves crazy. Yeah. But so, <laughs> so I think like Haley and Justin may be like that and they may go on for a while, which is great for Stephen Baldwin because that means, you know, he keeps getting a weekly allowance from his yeah. son-in-law. So 
it works out. But what is not good is Anna Winter putting them on the cover. Yeah, that was... Like, it's a tabloid now. It was Kim Kardashian. Has Kylie Jenner been on the cover? I think of, like, Vogue... She's been inside. Vogue Ukraine or something like that she has. She's been, I think, inside American Vogue. She's been inside the Vogue offices. (laughs) But it's like, Betty White has never been on the cover of Vogue. Joan Mm -hmm. Collins has never been on the cover of Vogue. They're real fashion icons. What have Justin and... What's her name? Haley Mm -hmm. done for fashion. Yeah, I mean, Justin Bieber doesn't even wear clothes. Exactly. Doesn't even wear a shirt. That's a very good point. Yeah, exactly. Make (laughs) me the editor of Vogue. (laughs) So moving on from the Holy Spirit to some real life poltergeist shit. um, This is a story about a 20 year old University of North Carolina student who started experiencing some real life paranormal activity in her apartment. And I love this story. I'm like, I'm going to get into it, but I love this story so much because it goes where you think it's going to go. And then it, and then it like reverses back over the body of where, where you thought it was going. So this woman who remains anonymous, we don't know her name. Wasn't her uh, name Maddie? Oh, maybe. The article I read, they were just like, the I woman. Th- I think it was Maddie. Let's call her Maddie. All right, let's call her Maddie. So um, Maddie lives in an off-campus apartment in Greensboro, North Carolina. And she started noticing one day that clothing was going missing out of her closet, which is like, obviously, you'd blame your roommate. It's college, right? No, I would not. I See, I watch too much Dateline, NBC, Netflix documentaries. I'd get a fucking camera right away or I'd move out. But she didn't. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I, I, I am not that uh, smart. I would just assume that my roommate is taking my clothes and selling them on Kijiji. So, um, so what's Kijiji? What'd what? you call me? Yeah. <laughs> you said Kijiji. What's That's how Kijiji? I pronounce your last name. Like Michael Kijiji. Yeah. Uh, Kijiji's like Craigslist. Kijiji Hadid. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys not have Kijiji in America? No. What is it? It's the Craigslist. Can you get hookups on there? No, you can't get asked. It's um, it's selling couches and stuff. Okay. So yeah. So okay. Anyway, so uh, selling it on Craigslist basically. So but here, but here's the thing. So she started noticing handprints on her bathroom wall, which is oh like, yeah, that's when you move out. That's yeah, creepy as hell. So obviously she thought it was a ghost, as we all would. So the reality is actually a lot creepier than Slimer's cousin hiding in her closet. So one day she left on Saturday. She left her apartment in the morning. She came home around lunchtime and she heard noises. I just hear rattling in my closet. Like it sounds like a raccoon is in my closet. Put my hand on the knob and I'm like, who's in here? And if somebody answers me, he's like, oh, my name's Drew. And it wasn't Drew Barrymore. So that's when I would have left. Yeah. That's when I would have ran out. Yeah. Or Dr. I would have also taken Dr. Drew Pinsky. Oh, no, but... that would have been scarier. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, speak for yourself. So she looked inside and she found a 30-year-old guy in whose name was Andrew Swafford. Um, and he was inside her closet wearing some of her clothing. Uh, and Andrew, uh, Andrew was, like, totally cool about it. He asked her for a hug. And she's like, no, thanks. She called her boyfriend um, and was like, please come over. And um, she just kind of talked to Andrew while she was waiting for her boyfriend just to kind of keep him like, you know, there. Um, when the boyfriend came, he was like, you need to get the hell out. So police eventually caught up with Andrew. He was arrested um, near the apartment building. It was like not too long after she called her boyfriend. Um, Andrew has was arrested. He got a mugshot. He kind of looks like if you look up, you know, this story online, you'll see his mugshot. He kind of looks to me like um, millennial riffraff from Rocky Horror yeah. Picture Show. 
Or like Millennial Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Yeah. Or I would say also the long lost handsome brother who bopped his way into the world of meth. Yes. So he, he looks like all these things. He's very creepy looking. But see, so she also, you know, when, when he came out of the closet and she, not in that way, not yeah. in that I'm gay way, but in no. a I'm creepy way, she took a picture of him and tweeted it. Like she was so calm. Like I wish I yeah. had one tenth of the ability to remain calm that she does. because She didn't, she didn't freak out. No, you know, like in cartoons, when they run through the wall and there's their outline of their body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have been me. I would have mm-hmm. just ran through the wall. I wouldn't have been like, oh, hi, let me call my boy. I would have ran and called the police. Like she was so calm, like call- like talking to him. Maybe she thought like that he was mentally ill. So that made her feel safer. I like he get- wasn't going to hurt her. Well, the fact that he answered, the fact that when she said, who's there? And he said, oh, my name is Drew. Instead of being like, instead of saying something like super creepy, like, uh, no one's here. Go away, lady. You know? What would you do? What would I do? I'm going to be John Quinones and ask, what would (laughs) you do? Well, to go with your cartoon analogy, I would have died and I would have fallen to the floor. And then the cartoon ghost of me would have like lifted off the ground. (laughs) And then that thing would have ran out the door and left a silhouette line. I would have, well, to be honest, so I I would have like, I don't know, maybe I would have done the same thing. Like just talk to him until the police arrived. What? No. Well, See, I don't want to die. I'm not. No, I would have ran. There's no way I would have stuck around and been like, oh, hi. No, I don't want to hug you. I would have been out of there. And see, this is why, like, sometimes I think I should live in a loft because there's okay. like no walls. There's no closets for people to live in. I mean, I was in a closet for 13 or 14 years. <laughs> I don't ever need to see one again. So, no. Yeah, this is why you should check your closets. Yeah. And this is why people check their closets before they go to bed. Of of course. And, and also, you never think someone's going to be there, but they might. They could. And also, if you do check your closet and find a person inside, I'd say it's probably better to find them wearing your clothes than finding a bunch of crumpled up clothes in your hamper that look Sticky. like a ghost have been on them. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So finally, this is the story that I was talking about that kind of has a Valentine's Day theme. Yes. Sort of. So um, Delta Airlines and Coca-Cola came up with a joint marketing campaign that encourages passengers on flights to pick each other up, basically. So on some Delta flights, flight attendants handed out napkins you can hand to someone that you're into on a flight. It's some junior high school shit, basically. On one side, it says, because you're on a plane full of interesting people and hey, you never know. On the other side, it had spaces for you to write your name and phone number. So some thought it was cute. Others were creeped out and people on Twitter went off on Delta and Coca-Cola. So Delta and Coke pulled the napkins and said in a statement, we rotate Coke products regularly as part of our brand partnership, but missed the mark with this one. We are sorry for that and began removing the napkins from our aircraft in January. Oh, like what? I don't, uh, they did miss them. They missed the mark because you don't, you don't want to encourage people to be joining the Mile High Club on an airplane. Like, that's Speak already gross. Yourself. Well, But see, like, is this really... To me, like, there are things to lose your mind over. Is this one of them? Is this one thing to get outraged over? Um, I don't think it's... I don't think I would get outraged over it, but I would feel more like I would hate it if somebody slipped a napkin to me. 
It's not like any of us would get one of those yeah. napkins anyway. Uh, I'm living. Yeah, I'm. I'm hypothesizing. Well, you if were. I were to get you, a. You definitely would. I would. Well, not. I would get a, a napkin from an Andrew Andrew Swafford type who'd be like, "Hey, can I borrow your shirt?" But yeah, I don't know. I would just be like, "Please don't bother me while I'm trying to not barf because I'm allergic to gravel. Mm-hmm. I can't take gravel on a plane." So I would just be more like annoyed. But I, I don't think I'm mad about it. I just wouldn't want to get one. Well, yeah, because when I'm on a flight, I don't want to look at anyone. I don't no. want to talk to anyone. I mean, I don't ever like human connection, and I really don't like it on a flight, so that wouldn't work for me. But also, like to me, if you're into someone on a flight, what you do is you throw eyes at them, and then if they throw eyes back, you know, you get up, and then you know, you throw them like a come hither look, like in the movies, while you're going to the bathroom. And then you wait for them to come into the bathroom with you, and then you fuck them, and then you go your separate ways. Like that's that's normal behavior. That's normal courting on a plane, not this airplane. napkin stuff. Yeah, that's just wasting ink. This is the part of the show where we go over five stories quickly-ish, starting with Jennifer Lawrence. She got engaged to her boyfriend of around eight months, Cook Maroney or Coke Money, as I call him. He's an art director at a gallery in New York City, and they met through a mutual friend. So after Jay Law was papped with a diamond ring on that finger, her rep confirmed to everyone that they're getting married. Oh my she God. can be Jenna Maroney now. Oh, she's too lucky. You know, here's the thing. If that priest is worth a damn, I hope that he ends the ceremony by saying, you may now catch the bride as she comically falls down the aisle. That's what I was thinking. It's like, I wish I was invited to that wedding so I could bet everyone there $1,000 that she's going to like trip, air oh. air quotes trip down the aisle. I'm oh, you rich! You know that Dior is already working on some like white lace knee pads for her, and that she's going to fart during her vows. Yeah, <laughs> because real people do that, and she's real. Yeah. So Kate Beckinsale is pretty much fucking Pete Davidson. She's forty five. He's twenty five. They held hands while leaving one of his comedy shows. So that confirms it, basically. Mm -hmm. A source tells people that Kate is just having fun and isn't looking to get serious. Kate has messed around with young dudes lately, and apparently she likes the attention a young man brings, and it makes her feel good. TMZ asked Pete's ex, Ariana Grande, about this when she was out and about somewhere, and she says it's so cute. You know, here's the thing. So she doesn't want to get serious, but if she does want to get serious... The good news for her is that, like, Pete Davidson will move in with her immediately. And, and give her a ring. Yeah, exactly. And so he, so when he, after he broke up with Ariana Grande, he moved back in with his mom. Um, so if he moves in with Kate, he'll basically have gone from living with his mom to living with someone else's mom. So yeah, living with a mom he can fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, a MILF. Yes. Oh, my oh, God. Why not? Oh my god, we're so smart. We yeah, just came like, up with that. We're like, she is a mom that he would like to fuck. So geniuses, we just came up with that. You, should, an abbreviation. you should trademark that. Yeah. But so before P, she was with that twenty-one-year-old MTV comedian Matt Rife. Matt Rife. Yes. So she obviously her new kink is young dudes who think it's hilarious when they fart on her forehead while sixty-nining. <laughs> and I, I don't know if that really works. Like, but just go with it. Because I don't know, like, was it, would his butthole be on her forehead? Kate, Kate, email us. Yeah, why am I, let's move past this. <laughs> so, and in a very goop story, a 
the goopiest of goop stories. <laughs> a man named Dr. Terry Sanderson is suing Gwyneth Paltrow and the Deer Valley Resort in Utah for a ski accident that happened in February 2016. Dr. Terry claims Goopy was skiing out of control when she crashed into him, knocking him over. She skied away without checking on him. He claims he has suffered permanent traumatic brain injury, loss of enjoyment of life, four broken ribs, emotional distress, and disfigurement. He also accuses the resort of a cover-up for covering for her, basically. He wants $3.1 million. Goopy's lawyer says it's all bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. This might be the first time that Gwyneth Paltrow has actually engaged with a real legitimate doctor. Yeah, she, she doesn't know what that is. Yeah. Oh, also, you know, she's going to try arguing in court that she was just administering some kind of exclusive new high speed snow based chiropractic adjustment. And then he owes her $3.1 million because that's how much it costs. But he should have some compassion because you try skiing like with a jade egg up your coochie. Like it cannot be easy. And I think like if he actually wins then we need to sue Gwyneth Paltrow for $3.1 million because every time we go to goop.com, we suffer from traumatic brain injuries, emotional distress. What was the other one? Loss of enjoyment of yeah. life. So We're we going to be we rich, Michael. Case. We might have a case. So Bradley Cooper did a talk with Oprah for her Super Soul Conversations and said that not getting a Best Oscar Director nomination for A Star is Born was embarrassing and it made him feel like he didn't do his part he was nominated for best actor and for helping to write the script yeah and yet it's still not as embarrassing as lady gaga gushing over him during the star is born promotional tour it's definitely not but it's like so i like that he didn't give a pr answer but it's like bitch you already have two oscar nominations yeah you're fine you're fine. Like Barry Jenkins for if Beale Street could talk, not getting nominated. That is embarrassment. So yeah. talk to him. So <laughs> we're going to talk about deep fake. <laughs> In case you don't know, deep fake technology is some black mirror shit where you can superimpose images and videos onto other images and videos. So someone did a deep fake of Steve Buscemi's face on Jennifer Lawrence's body in a video of her talking to the press at the 20... 20- 2016 Golden Globes, and it's a mindfuck. So the video went viral, and Stephen Colbert asked Steve about it on The Late Show. It makes me sad that somebody spent that much time on that. <laughs> because that, that, I'll bet that was hard to do. I bet it, I bet it yeah. was hard to do. The, like, the technology could have been used yeah. to, like, you know, cure a disease or something right. like that. <laughs> but instead, somebody made you into Jennifer Lawrence. But that- what disease? <laughs> the disease of boredom. That's what they cured. <laughs> um, I mean, it could be worse. I've been told that some people on the internet use editing software to Photoshop penises onto celebrities. So, I mean, I've been told that. I don't know. If, I can't verify that. <laughs> You're admitting it. The Grammys are this Sunday, which is February 10th. Uh, yes. February 10th. And we can't wait because noted African-American soul singer Jennifer Lopez is reportedly going to do the Motown tribute. So that's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Steve, like The thing is, like, Stevie Wonder, Diana Ross, Fantasia, and Boys to Men are doing another Grammy tribute to Motown, but that's being recorded on Tuesday the 12th. And we're in April. 
Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's not... But you know what? They chose the right tribute to do during the Grammys. Because, you know, when you think of Motown, you do think of Jennifer Lopez. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait till when they do, like, a tribute to Willie Nelson and they get Ariana Grande to do it. You know, it's just... Th- it's things Obviously. that make sense, you know? Yes. It, the opposite of things that make you go, hmm, it's things that make you go... You go, ah, ah. yes. <laughs> So, because the Grammys are on Sunday, Allison and I are going to once again channel our inner Miss Clo- Cleo, Chloe, yeah. Miss Cleo. Sylvia okay. Brown, Miss Cleo. The Long Island medium. Yeah. Well, she talks to ghosts. The blonde, she... that blonde kid who twink, like... that little twink. Yeah, the one who like scams celebrities. I want to be him. So, yeah. So, we're going to channel. So, she's going to be him. I'll be Miss Cleo. Okay. And predict the four major categories. Yes. Start, starting with Best New Artist. Mm-hmm. So, the nominees for that are Chloe and Hallie, Luke Combs, Greta Van Fleet, Her, Dua Lipa, Margot Price, Bibi Rexa, Georgia Smith. So, I think that, like, all the, like, voting members, all the, like, boomers... They're just going to get so excited for um, Greta Von Fleet because they kind of do like a Led Zeppelin cosplay. So Yeah, they're I, like a Led Zeppelin tribute band. Yeah, so I think that all the like old white dudes are going to vote for that. And there's a lot of old white dudes in that like academy. So that's who I would put my money on is Greta Van Fleet. Okay. I love BB Rexa because I'm trash, but I'm going to say her. Okay. And so, her, her is the operating system from the movie Her, correct? Correct. Yes. You're you're absolutely right. So okay. Song of the Year, which is given to the songwriter or songwriters. <laughs> so the nominees for that are All the Stars, which is sung by or rapped by Kendrick Lamar and SZA, <laughs> Booed Up by Ella May, God's Plan by Drake, In My Blood by Sean Menda Mendes. Mendi <laughs> Oh my god, it's called In My Blood, Sean Menzies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the joke by Brandy Carlisle, The Middle by Zed, Maren Morris, and Gray, Shallow by Gaga and Bradley Cooper, This is America by Childish Cambino. I, I'm i going to guess it's going to go to Shallow. Like, how could it not? Like, that's a deep song. Yeah, oh, my God. It's it's oh a deep song, God. even though it's Shallow. Oh. It's going to go to Shallow. I just, but I'd be happy with anybody but that goddamn middle song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Baby. That song, Target, I cursed Target. Because it would always come up in their commercials and it would never leave my brain. And now that I sang it again, it's never going to leave my brain. So I hope any song, but that one that wins, I will be happy with. So album of the year, Invasion of Privacy from Cardi B. By the way, I forgive you from Brandy Carlisle. Scorpion from Drake. Her from Her. Beer Bongs and Bentleys from Post Malone, Dirty Computer from Janelle Monet, Golden Hour from Casey Musgraves, The Black Panther soundtrack. I'll get my citizenship revoked if I don't say Scorpion by Drake. And also, too, because I listened to that album like 600 times this year, so I want it to be Scorpion. Okay, I'm going to say Casey Musgraves. Mm, I mean, that's a good choice, too. So last record of the <laughs> year, which is... Yeah, which is given to the producer, engineer. It's like like the overall song, right? Yeah. 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 So I Like It by Cardi B, The Joke from Brandy Carlisle, This Is America, Childish Gambino, God's Plan from Drake, Shallow from Gaga and Bradley Cooper, Mm -hmm. All the Stars from Kendrick Lamar and SZA, Rockstar from Post Malone featuring 21 Savage, That Fucking Middle Song. (laughs) Baby! (laughs) 
na 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 me you in the middle. I I'm gonna say it's the middle because like you said, like oh, girl, you, you, don't you can't say you it. can't go anywhere. Like okay, so I, I you like for real are gonna say that. I sometimes listen to local radio and like the middle will always come on local radio. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's the middle. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give the middle finger to the middle and Ooh. say it's this is America. I mean that is a really good song. So those are our final predictions. We'll Find out if we got it wrong or right on Sunday, and we'll talk about it on our next episode. We're probably going to get it completely wrong. But in the meantime, call up Las Vegas and put some money on them, because we're obviously going to get them right. So that ends this episode. We're still doing shit advice. If you need some advice, email us at dtp at dlista.com, dtp at dlista.com, or if you've got a question about anything, you can email us as well. So Mm -hmm. there's that. Bye. Bye. Bye.